Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So how often have you been reading along somewhere and you come across something and you go to yourself, I'm supposed to be what? I'm supposed to do what? How am I going to manage that? I mean, really, that's, that's a lot. I mean, that's just too much. How many of us have done that? Okay. Now, concerning that, we're going to stick primarily with and study primarily this morning from, obviously, Matthew 13, 10 through 17, but also Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. Now, there are some others up there. Um, I decided uh, it was best if we just kept them all up there because I'm going to bounce off of one to go to another to explain this or that or the other and back and forth and rather than try to have the same six passages going back and forth it'll look like you know that ended up being 14 slides and that was just too much for the help that uh, was offered to me I, I didn't want to do that to him so <laughs> all right so let's start with Ephesians 1 17 through 18 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, Matthew 13, 10 through 17. Now, the disciples came and said to him, because they, they were wondering something, and they wanted to know why he didn't speak more clearly. And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not for from him shall be taken away even that he has. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their eyes are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted that I, may, that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. So again I ask you, how many times have you been reading along and come across something and you go to yourself, I'm supposed to do what? I'm supposed to be what? I'm supposed to understand what? Hmm, I don't know. Okay, these two things, these two passages, these two readings could do that to someone. Now, another question. How often does God instruct us to be wise? That's a rhetorical question. It's a lot. It's so many so that it, even if I were to hit the highlights, we wouldn't do anything but read them. So we're not going to. 
Um, rather, we're going to do an application kind of thing, an explanation thing, rather than a, well, you were told to. We, I am fairly certain of all, can all think of at least one and, or two or 10 or 20, depending on who we are, and we could all go around and share those. But right now, what I would like to do is study the how of wisdom. So, Jesus says that knowledge of these secrets has been given to us, but not to them, in, here in verse 11. Right? So, in verses 13 and 14, he explains that this is why he speaks to them in parables, and why the prophecy of Isaiah was given, and then fulfilled that they would hear, but not understand, and see, but not see. They cannot hear, nor see, nor understand, or perceive. But in verse 16, he says, Blessed your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. Then he says, Many people, and this is in verse 17, Many people have wanted to understand and did not. Now, this is one of those places for me, and for many people that a person might become overwhelmed, might go, okay, how is it they understand or did not understand and I can? Am I sure that I'm going to be able to? So that it might be understandable if a person could or would get a little nervous reading this. Because one might say to oneself, how can I be sure I can see? How can I be sure... I can hear. How can I be sure that I understand when they could not see, when they could not hear, and they could not understand? What makes me different? Not necessarily better, but we tend to like to use that word. So, again, let's look at Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. Now, I know sometimes when people teach or, or preach, we do a little bit too much word study, and it's a little bit of a struggle for some people, but bear with me for just one minute, and it'll only be a little tiny short one, I promise. (laughs) So, he says he gives to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, spirit has many uses, as we've discussed before and many times, but in this instance... It is not talking about the Holy Spirit. It is talking about the source or the life of something. Now, the source of what? Now, the next thing he says is wisdom. Now, wisdom is, uh, in, in Greek, what we use as a name, Sophia. Um, now, this word also means insight, knowledge, and deep understanding. Okay, insight, knowledge, and deep understanding. Now, I know this isn't at first helping us with our feeling relaxed about having to do something, or this particular thing. The next word is revelation. That one is actually fairly straightforward, to be revealed. Now, in the knowledge of him was a single word. It is, by definition, a recognition and discernment and acknowledgement of a person or entity, in this case, him. Him being 
God, Jesus. So, in other words, another way to state this passage, another way to state this sentence in English would be to say, He may give us the source of insight and knowledge and understanding of that which has been revealed for our recognition and discernment of Jesus Christ. Let me repeat that. He may give us the source of insight, knowledge, and understanding of that which has been revealed for our recognition and discernment of Jesus Christ. Now, for me, that helps a little bit. That's a little less overwhelming when I read that. So, continue. So, what does all that mean? Now, insight is an interesting word uh, in English. It is the capacity to gain an accurate and deep intuitive understanding of something. It is the capacity to gain an accurate and deep intuitive understanding of something. So how do I get this accurate and deep intuitive understanding of this? How do I get to the point that this thing is intuitive? How do I get to where this thing is the first thing that comes out? that pops in my head, that I do. That's what intuitive means to me. So, my answer is, and the answer that we're going to hopefully come to together, read it, think it, and read it with understanding. Understanding it as your goal. Read it, think it, and read it with with understanding as your goal. So, then stick with it. Keep doing it. When this happens for you, when you get to the point that it is intuitive, it will start to become intuitive. (laughs) When you do these things over and over and over again, it then becomes intuitive. Um, We use the term mother's intuition, right? Um, I think that's a bit of a misnomer. It's it's more about uh, mother's experience. Mother knows that when she was a child or when her brother was a child, said child did this over and over and over again. So then she knows that her child will do the same. (laughs) I was a bit adventurous when I was young. I was creative with my time. I know that one of my children for sure is adventurous and creative and tends to do things that other children find terrifying. (laughs) And parents most certainly do. This is Born of what? It's born of experience and practice, right? This is something I learned because I saw it in myself and others. Now, when this happens for you, it will start to become intuitive, and accuracy comes with reading, with an eye towards understanding it when we read it. At this point, we have insight. When we choose to read it, thank it, and read it with understanding it as our goal when we do it, and we do it repeatedly, accuracy comes. And then, at this point, with this practice, we have, accurate, we have insight. We also have knowledge and understanding, because... we now have this form of wisdom, Sophia. Insight, knowledge, and understanding. 
Now, to the revelation part, which is the other thing that Jesus speaks to us and also that Paul speaks to us in Ephesians, how do I or we know the revelation has been made to me? So let's do some reading. We'll start with James 1.25. But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Okay. First of all, we look where? Then we will be blessed in our doing, in our deed. What deed? This one. Not all deeds. Don't read too much into that. It's a specific deed that he is speaking to, isn't it? We will be blessed and our deed will work the way it is supposed to work because we read, we reread, we reread, we read, read, practice, practice, practice. And then we do, we do, we do, we do, we practice, we practice, we practice. And then we will be blessed because our deed will be fruitful. It will work correctly. It will do as it is intended. Now, Ephesians 3, 1 through 5. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the grace of God, which is given me to you, Lord, given to me to give to you. Now, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote before you in a few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made unto the son made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit now with that thought in John 15 and 15 henceforth i call you not servants for the servant knows not what his lord does but i have called you friends for all things that i have heard of my father i have made known to you back to ephesians 3 Verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs unto the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Romans 16, 24 through 27, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but is now made manifest, or made known, and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, through, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, that word thoroughly furnished, speaking of word studies, is also used as equipped fully as a teacher. So,
Jesus states quite clearly, we are not servants, but now brothers. And why? We are. Because we are not in the dark anymore. We are now in on the game and the rules, so to speak. Um, Have you ever watched um, a sport that you did not know how it worked? And it just looks like a bunch of people running around just it's awful you got to spend a little time learning the rules and figuring out how it works and what the goals are and why a person would move from here to there or do this or do that right well the same is the case here and that's what he's part of what he's speaking about to these mysteries is this idea that now we know the rules now we understand the whys and the hows so the game makes sense so we can participate in it and be productive. So we are now part of the inner circle, if you like, because we are family. We are no longer uninformed spectators. We are now participants and family. So Ephesians 3, 1 through 5, Paul states quite clearly in verse 4 that what he knows, you know, when you read. You know what he knows when you read what he wrote, because he wrote what he knew, as was his job, if you like, that God gave him and Jesus gave him to do for all of us. And when I say for all of us, I mean all of us Gentiles, because that was his job stated right here, right, that we just read about. So James one twenty five, James says, whoever looks into the law will be blessed. So what does it mean to look into? As I stated just a moment ago, it means to read. To read and understand. Read with an intent to understand. The revelation of God's plan and will is complete. Everything we need is here. So is it that I can see and hear and understand and they can't or couldn't? Back to my question. Can I understand this? Can I see this? Can I hear it when they couldn't? Does that make me smarter? Am I smarter than they were? Am I better than they were? Am I wiser than they were? Now, the answer is yes and no. So, No, maybe not to begin with. We're all the same when we start. We are all the spectators in the sport that we do not understand. We see people running around doing things, but don't know what they're doing or why. So to start with, no, we are not. But yes, because you and I, we, read, study, contemplate with an intent to understand. So in this way, yes, you, I, we, are can be. I'll leave that there so it doesn't sound like that I am piling on (laughs) to those who do not. We understand simply because we want to understand. And because we want to, we read and we, we do because 
We read with the intent to understand. This is why we do. This is why we are. It's not that we were born inherently smarter. We just made a wise decision to choose to listen to someone wiser than we were. (laughs) As I use the wise word three different ways in two sentences. (laughs) Now, remember the definition of wisdom, insight, knowledge, and understanding. Now, how do we get this? I mean, how do we get this? We read it, we think it, we do it, we repeat. We read it, we think it, we do it, we repeat. We read it, we think it, we do it, we repeat. And just for the sake of beating that horse to death, we read it, we think it, we do it, we repeat. So, why? 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 I mean, why shouldn't I just leave it to somebody else to study it and then tell me about it? Right? Why should I do it myself? Well, beyond just the obvious, what if the guy who's telling me or the gal who's telling me doesn't actually know what they're talking about? Let's get past that. Let's just talk about real application, not fear of getting it wrong. Um... The short version is so we can explain why we help, so we can explain why we believe, so we can explain why we obey. In other words, let's assume that I'm doing as I'm told, that I love God and I love my neighbor. That is sufficient in and of it to itself to a certain extent. But what good does it do if I do not take those things that I've just done? Say I provide someone with a place to live. I provide someone with food to eat, transportation, a job, all of these things. But then when someone asks me why I did that, because people will see it. It's different. It's unusual. People will ask you why you do it. Why did you do this? That person isn't even nice to you. Speaking from experience, helping someone who's not nice to you and you don't even like, now God said I had to love them, and I do, but that doesn't mean I got to like them. (laughs) Sometimes these people are unpleasant. People are not necessarily gracious when being helped because it makes them uncomfortable. Some people are, some people aren't, but people will ask you why you do it. Why are you helping this person that had just spent the last minute and a half calling you every name under the sun and being rude and accusing you of all these things you didn't even do? That's the reason why. Why I need to read, study, with an intent to understand it is not just for my benefit. It is for the person who asked me that question's benefit. Because then when I say, I did this because I am obeying my Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, and His Father God, and this is what they asked me to do to help that person, whether they be gracious or not, then we have an inroad, a real way to get into somebody's head and go, wow, that's an interesting reason. And then they might want to talk to you more about it. This is a way of teaching by application, by teaching 
using my faith shown by my works, as we are learning about in James. So, I am not a lengthy speaker, so heads up. <laughs> as an invitation, and before we sing our invitation song, it really is about want to. It is. I, you, we can and do get it when they did not simply because of want to and work at it. Work ethic. Want to and work ethic. The things that work in our, our professions and in our homes work in our spiritual life. Want to and work ethic. Reading and doing. We really do have everything we need. Jesus and the disciples gave us everything. Everything we need to do in an instruction manual on how to do this and be successful because we're in on the game and we have the rules. We're part of the inner circle now. We have his word and we need to want to. So my final question for you this morning is, do you want to? And if you would, would you please stand this morning as we sing the invitations?